Hello, and welcome to the Ringle Band podcast series, Sustaining an American Music Tradition. My name is Cindy Miller-Ungst, and my co-host is... Jim Seidel, the musical director of the band. And with us today, once again, yes. is part two of the Gumper <laughs> Twins. twins. <laughs> we were so fascinated with yes. their story, we just had to have us follow up with that one, Cindy. We did, because we were just getting started mm-hmm. talking about the music, right? and it was... Mm-hmm. Time it to start. So we're going to pick right up about joining the band. Okay. Uh, this is Mike uh, Gumbert, and uh, Jim had just previous asked in the previous podcast uh, about when I joined the band, and it was in 1990, I believe. It was uh, I had played in the Pottstown Band for several years, and the Pottstown Band was going through um, some hard times, and... Uh, I still wanted to play, and I, I I just felt that I wasn't up to the level of the Ringgold Band. I didn't think I was good enough to play, and I, I knew some members, and I I seem to think, if memory serves me correctly, that uh, Pottstown Band's last year, Ringgold took over some of their jobs. We did, yes. And with the understanding that the people from Pottstown that wanted to still play would be able to play those jobs and uh, with Ringgold fill-ins, I guess, yeah. technically. And I think they were like two or three concerts, and I think that was the official start of when I yeah. started with the band. How about you, Jeff? And same here. I was playing with the Pottstown band. and uh, You do everything together. Yeah. <laughs> I started later than Mike <laughs> in the Pottstown band. I was doing some other things. Oh, you were number two out in the tube, so. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you did everything second. <laughs> but uh started with the Pottstown band, played, I think, mostly tenor sax there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember my first, Mike was telling me to, you know, Joined the Ringo Band, and I, I thought, no, no, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm just not good enough. I uh, hadn't played since college. That was '76, uh, and uh, you know, this was early '90s, so I hadn't played for a long time. And uh, playing the Pottstown Band kind of gave me a, a little bit of a buffer. And then I remember my first job was downtown Reading. It was a Fourth of July, uh, and there was fireworks or something. We had to coordinate. Uh, song was it something 1812 18, something something and, like that uh, mm-hmm. i remember playing that and that was my first job i thought boy yeah, yeah I, I might be good enough i work at it a little bit i might be good enough to play with this organization and uh it, it was good it was good and uh yeah i think i know during our um banding together with high school and junior high groups one of the things we always tell them is in high school you may have been an athlete or played sports but there comes a time when you can't physically do that anymore. And I said, we always say, at least the sax section says, you can always play your instruments. And you, and you have a unique firsthand experience with yeah, that. Yeah, with, with that, yeah. yes. Yes. Poor athlete in high school at best, but uh, you know, here I am, 60 years old, still playing uh, an instrument and, and enjoying it. And uh, it, it's, it's fun, it's fun. Well, that's that's a good story. It's a, it's a good story that needs to go out to all schools and, and kids in the in the music programs, whether whether they're singing or whether they're playing an instrument or a string instrument. It's just really something great, right? And well, you can continue doing it with your family too. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. Disp- yeah. and you are um, 
both teachers, mm-hmm. not music teachers. Right. Well, well, we both are retired, retired yes. teachers. <laughs> yes. And you say that with such love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I miss the. I miss. I truly miss teaching. I miss the kids, but they were. Uh, well, you knew it was time. I you knew, knew it was time. time. Yes, you knew, knew it was, it was time. time. And you both taught in the same school district, correct? And Jeff's uh, a little smarter than I am. Uh, oh, he yeah. taught fourth grade <laughs> at Exeter, and I taught third grade. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. never, my last 27 years were in Exeter. We only had, what, two or three students that we, yes, that's we shared. True. That that's was at least taught in two different buildings, yeah. but uh-huh. they, didn't, they didn't have to learn a new name the next year. Anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's really interesting. That's yeah, really it, interesting. It is. And, and Mike continues to be very active. He's our um, current business manager and um, puts in a lot of extra time, too. And we really do appreciate yes, it as well. Yes. Enjoy that. Now, people who listened to our first podcast yes. with the Gumperts heard a little bit about their baseball history with their father, who was a major league baseball pitcher. And just this, well, as recently as a week ago, I guess mm-hmm. I'm right. Yes. Jeff and Mike decided they were going to embark on a little historical trip. So can you tell us a little bit about that trip? And you had a little take a hiatus from Ringgold that week. And, but and we forgave you. And we were actually you very really much. interested to hear about this historic making trip. Well, we spent, like you had heard before in our previous podcast, that uh, as children we spent springs down in Florida at uh, spring training. Well, Mike and I, both being retired teachers, said this is the time we're going to go back and see Florida through the eyes of an adult as opposed to a you know, seven, eight, nine, ten year old. And uh, we went down to Florida and uh, mm-hmm. the places took, that we took route, a trip. Route, you route, retraced route, the, the, yes. the routes that you had traveled. Because 95 yeah. hadn't been built when we would be making oh. these trips. So we, we knew right from the start we picked up Route 302, 301, 301. 301 outside of Wilmington and went all the way to Jacksonville. On 301. On 301. Oh, yes. my goodness. And how long did that take you? <laughs> Altogether, it was 22 hours of driving. Wow. Yes. Yes. It might take you 24 on 95 now some days. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 And it was interesting because you saw how things changed. You know, back then, we always stayed at mom and pop places, restaurants, motels. There were, you know, besides Stuckey's and Howard Johnson's, there were no fast food places. And now that's all you see. And you could just see the old motels run down, hadn't been used, uh, no one in them for 20, 30 years. You know, trees growing up through them, the pools that were in front filled in, the restaurants closed. And it it was kind of bittersweet to see that because we may have stayed in one of those places. And now... And it, ne- it never will come back. And, you know, the small towns were ruined by 95, and you could just see that that time ha- has passed. Yeah. That time has passed. And uh, some of the places we visited stayed in Hollywood, Florida, and we went back and visited the place. Well, you know, that was – it looks like Section 8 housing now. I mean, it's really, really run down. That was a, it was sad to see that. Because we had such good times there. I mean, there were a lot of people from New York that we got to meet that stayed there in the spring. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, well, we got to know a lot of people. And they, they I always considered them wealthy people just to come down to Florida, Florida for a right, month. Right, right. And, uh, I mean, there weren't any wealthy people. Uh, jo- Joe Lynn, uh, 
housing. And we did go to uh, St. Pete. We'd stay on Treasure Island, yes. and uh, we did uh, – I think we found the place that we stayed at. Yes, yeah. so that, that, that was, was nice. Yeah. And then we went to Lake Wales. We stayed south of Lake Wales at, off a lake called Crooked Lake. And um, we we – the place we stayed at had canals between houses, and we visited several housing developments, for want of a better word. And the only one we visited that had was circa 1950-60 houses that had uh, uh, canals in it. So we felt that we were at least in the area that area. we lived now. Obviously, our parents aren't with us anymore, so we can't say what was the address. Right, you know, right. But we... Um, we did. Uh, you think you found the close, close yes, resemblance yes. thereof? Yes. So I mean, and some people say, have asked. I know me and said, "Well, w- have you seen any ball games when you were down there?" Well, that wasn't the purpose of that the trip. Wasn't. Yeah. Was, so we, we, I guess the only thing we didn't see was on the way home. We were planning to stop in Richmond. When my father was the manager of the R- Richmond Yankees for a few years. Richmond Virginians. R- R- Richmond Virginians. Virginians. I'm sorry. Yes, and. Uh, so we lived on the western outskirts of uh, Richmond, and we wanted to visit the house. The house still exists. Oh. And yes. we wanted to visit the house, but uh, the weather coming home was just That terrible. was an ice storm, that wasn't was it? You were in the ice storm coming, coming home. Oh. Mike was driving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we decided, well, maybe some other time we'll stop. What was the place you were talking about in the first podcast where they told you not to go up in the hills? Did you oh, that? was that? Harlan, Kentucky. Harlan, no, Kentucky. We did not get did not there. Get that might be another trip. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Daddy had this part of his scouting job was not only free agent scouting. This was before there was a baseball draft. So he had to scout college, high school, people who were not employed or hired by baseball. They were free agents. But part of his job, too, was to scout minor leagues. And one of the leagues that he had to scout was the Appalachian, or as they would say, the Appalachian <laughs> League. And so uh, God-forsaken places we were we were at in Harlan, Kentucky was one of those places. <laughs> so, oh, wow. so that might be the, <laughs> the next, next trip. The yeah. next trip. I, I was trying to think of a word to describe the next trip. The <laughs> 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 yeah. sure. tour. Well, but growing up, that's all we knew. That's it, right. You know, people say, well, wasn't it neat? Was it, well, I don't know if it was neat or not. It it's what we did. did. It's yeah. like people say, well, what's it like being a twin? I don't know. That's You've always been, a, always twin. been a twin. <laughs> What's it like not being a twin? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, I don't. <laughs> and you have to know th- um, they are really twins. That you, our audience cannot see this, but they are identical. And they even, just before the podcast began, they even answer sentences together. <laughs> so <laughs> and we, we live an hour away, and we haven't lived in the same room since College. Since college. Oh, well. oh, my goodness. Well, Mike and Jeff, this has been a wonderful podcast series in itself. Well, with thank, you, thank you. Series. Thank you so much for sharing your um, how you became involved with the Ringgold Band and your fascinating stories about uh, growing up with a major league pitcher for father. So please visit the Ringgold Band website at www.ringgold.com. And this is Cindy Miller-Angst. And Jim Seidel. Until our next podcast, have a good day.